Welcome back to episode 12 of the Rundown Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Justin Rogers, and you can find me on Twitter at RunDFF. And I'm joined, as always, by Jeff Roby. We're back with you guys for another edition, but let me warn you, if we sound strange, it's because we're recording on Tuesday morning. And I don't know about Jeff, but I start my day sounding like Barry White and slowly make my transition to, the, to Bruno Mars on the voice scale. So it might be a little weird. Uh, but that's sort of how Sunday started as well. A ton of players who had no business getting in the end zone, like Quadri Olison, Bo Scarborough, Seth Roberts, Troy Fumagalli. Uh, who, who's Daniel Brown, a tight end from the Jets? Well, I don't even know these players. They all let off early games with touchdowns. I, sit there, I was sitting there thinking, man, is, are any of our actual relevant players going to score? But by the end of the day, we had Michael Thomas in the end zone, Zeke hit there twice, Diggs, Keenan Allen found it for the first time since week three. Uh, Le'Veon Bell continues to uh, make up for bad yardage with touchdowns. Travis Kelsey gets you on the board. Todd Gurley. So we had some household names that were in some starting lineups that actually made a difference. Uh, it didn't seem like there were a whole lot of huge games this week, but it looked like, uh, you know, looking at scores around my leagues, uh, that everybody had quite a few players that were able to get on, you know, get on the board as far as points scored. Uh, in a moderate way, which led to some decent weekly scores without the big blow-up games. Uh, outside of the quarterback, it seemed like every every quarterback was out there throwing three, four touchdowns. Uh, what a monster week for those guys. Uh, but Jeff, how'd your week go, man? So I went, I went uh, three and one. A lot of that has to do with uh, Tyreek Hill's performance last night, coming not being able to finish up. But uh, but yeah, I you know in the leagues that I was supposed to dominate in, I dominated in. Uh, one, I was a little surprised because of obviously the injuries. Uh, so, you know, overall good. Uh, the quarterbacks uh, really, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, the quarterbacks threw some touchdowns, but there were some quarterbacks out there that did not perform up to par. Uh, you know, and one of like Carson Wentz, I expected more out of. Uh, Kyle Allen, I expected more out of. And then I'll tell you another here in a JB uh, that I expected more out. But these guys. You know, there were some guys out there that we kind of expected a little bit more out. But I think, you know, when you talk about the quarterbacks, you know, the MVP race is really down to three people. And I think you're going to be like, OK, who's the third, Roby? But here comes what I here's what I'm going to say to you is that, yes, Russell Wilson. Yes, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, like, separated himself this week, no doubt. And he is he he could be the MVP. I think it's just a matter of, you know, where these last couple of weeks go between him two. But I'm going to throw another one out there to you. I think that's Michael Thomas. I think Michael Thomas, with you know having the most receiving receptions uh, in ten weeks, certainly makes the case. Now, I can't tell you the last time that a wide receiver was the MVP, uh, but I'm gonna tell you that it certainly he's in the conversation. It's kind of like one of those where you'd have a defensive player in the Heisman Heisman vote. You know he's not gonna get it, but at the same time, it's nice to know that you're including him in the conversation. I think that's where we are with Michael Thomas right now. That guy is just catching passes. And even like you said this weekend, getting into the end zone, which is good. I think the end zone not having like not having like 13, 14 touchdowns is what's going to keep him out of the MVP race. But yeah, you know, if you picked him up like I did in most of my leagues in the eighth or, or ninth pick overall, you are definitely feeling great about yourself right now. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't know if you can actually really seriously include him because if there's a position player out there that uh, is playing well and has the stats and probably should be in the MVP race if we're including a position player, it's Christian McCaffrey. That dude, is he's on pace to break uh, the all-time yards from scrimmage record. 
He's got the touchdowns. He's having, I mean, I know Michael Thomas is having an incredible season as far as receptions go, but what CMC is doing out there is crazy. I mean, he was the number one running back this week in PPR, and he didn't even find the end zone. That's how good he's been. So it's just, it's, it's crazy out there. I'm not going to put him out there. Yeah, Let me no tell doubt. you, there's only been. I, I, I missed him. So you're right. You're right. I, I missed him. That is yeah, definitely. Here, here, let me give you one. Let me give you some, Jeff. Uh, since 1980, there's only been three wide receivers who have re- have even received a vote in the MVP race. That's Jerry Rice, Sterling Sharp, and Randy Moss. And uh, Rice had the best finish. He finished second. Um, but other than that, it's there. It's just not going to happen. I mean, we can try and put him in the discussion. And I know that was a talking point on a couple of those big shows on uh, Monday morning or whatever. But uh, he's not had quite the impact that that at least if we're going to talk about a position player that CMC has had. So, um, I mean, I like yeah, the, I like the thing. He's definitely been by far the best wide receiver in the league this year. Most consistent uh, dealing with, you know, a backup quarterback, making Teddy Bridgewater actually look like he's, you know, somewhat comp- competent, but uh, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm out on that one, but I do have a, yeah, a wide receiver. I, just, I, mention I, just, I like to my, brag a little bit. About yeah, I know. you got a little, you're right, right. You got a little homework thing. And you're feeling a little better this week since you didn't have to play the Falcons. I get that. So, you know. That's right. <laughs> speaking of my Falcons, speaking of your Falcons, let me say this. I, you know, my my varsity player uh, is a Falcons player. So, I mean, they, I'm, I'm giving you a little love there, man. So. Yeah. Now I hear you. Go ahead and go ahead and tell the folk. Go ahead and tell the people. So, so Calvin Ridley, man, eight for 153. You know, to me – um, you know that's exactly what this team needed. I think uh, I think they relegated Dan Quinn down to uh, you know he likes to he he can throw the red flag when he needs to, but he ain't playing he ain't calling the plays and and that Falcons team has turned itself around and that defense came out of nowhere. I think they started playing like the team that we expected them to play like all year. And it certainly is a formidable force. I just hate the fact that they had to figure that out uh, after a bye week playing the Saints. So, but. I think you look at the Panthers and they—they they are all questioned. You know, I think the Saints have now run away with that that division. Yeah. And, uh, and and but 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 Falcons are making a play to put themselves in the middle of the draft. So that's exactly what I want to hear. Yeah. No. I hear you. look. Uh, you know, I'm on all these Falcons Facebook pages and stuff. People are starting to talk about playoffs. And it's like, guys, I don't think you realize, and I don't think anybody realizes. If you look at the uh, what's out there. Okay, the Saints have eight wins, obviously, but then in the uh, AFC or the NFC West and the NFC North, there's four teams with eight or more wins. Uh, 49ers have nine, Seahawks, Packers, and Vikings all have eight. That means every at least one of them would have to lose out completely, lose every game. Come on, nobody's losing playoffs. the rest of their playoffs. games. Playoffs, playoffs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, nah, man. I, it is frustrating to see that they're playing so well right now because if they had started this in week four, week five even, they'd, they'd be in the hunt. But, you know, after starting out and having, you know, going one and seven, it's just whatever, man. At this point now, they're just playing for bragging rights. And uh, I'd love to get that top five pick. I'm not sure it's going to happen now because I think that they are playing well enough that they're going to end up, you know, seven and nine or something like that. Right in the middle of the draft, just like they did last year, where they ran in that three-game winning streak at the end of the year and knocked themselves out of a top seven or eight pick. It is what it is. Hey, here's something for you. Here's something for you. You're gonna like this, okay? So the Dolphins are the smartest team in the, in the NFL. You wanna know why? Okay. Go ahead. 
We said tank for Tua. They still are tanking for Tua. Yeah, now really. He, I mean, now he ain't the first pick. So so they still get tank, they get Tua. Then they yeah. actually won some games. So smart. Geniuses. <laughs> Geniuses. Right, right, right. Yeah, they, they called up Mississippi State and said, hey, will you horse collar him real quick and uh, take him down? And uh, really dislocate his hip. Man, that sucks for him. That's a, what, a, what a bad situation. Uh, he's in there. And I know there's a lot of people that want to play the – Shouldn't have been in there, yada, 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 second game. No, come on, man. It's still the second quarter of the game. No one pulls their starting quarterback before <laughs> halftime. Saban had a legitimate reason. Let him run the two-minute drill. You know, you never know what you're going to run into in the playoffs. So you get him out there. You get him running that two-minute drill in a high-pressure situation with time running out. And let him see if he can get down the field. I mean, it is what it is. You know, it's football. Injuries happen. Uh, it's his brother's turn those- now. So it's, it's little, little to his time. Yeah. I, I know he's red shirt, but it's little to a time. All right. It's, uh, well, probably don't matter anyway. So as long yep. as LSU wins out, it won't matter. Uh, they'll go to a bowl game, but they won't be in the playoffs. Nope. All right. So my, my, my J or my varsity player, excuse me, is John Brown. And guys, I don't remember if y'all remember this uh, conversation that Jeff and I had earlier this year, but I was on the John Brown train. And he has really paid off. Uh, this week, he has 14 targets, catches nine of them for 137 yards, gets in the end zone twice. That's right, guys. Uh, I've, I've been rocking and rolling with him all year, and he has paid off. And uh, I think right now in, in the league I have him in, half PPR, he's got uh, he's the wide receiver 15. So uh, nothing, to sh- nothing to shake a stick at there. Uh, looking good all year long. Just a really consistent player. Um, so he's got so Justin. You're saying like I think that he and Michael Thomas are the only two that's that have. And I saw this step uh, during the Saints game. Uh, was the only two in the league that have uh, every week got over 50 yards receiving. Yeah. That's five, that's guaranteed five points. Right. And I think that that's the same way you go for it. So right there, you're saying you know, and I, I give you all the props in the world for calling this one out because uh, that's that's the money. Now the problem is, is that he also he hasn't had like four catches or something like that. So not a lot of end zone, uh, touchdowns, not consistent touchdowns. So yeah, yeah. while he might have 54, 60 yards, so he produces about eight to nine points or whatever it is each week is what you can guarantee. And then he has a game like he did this week, which bumps that number up high. So uh, a stud. Uh, and but the word here is consistent. And that's what yes, you really want from thing. wide receiver. Right, right. Look, you drafted him. I think I drafted him in – well, I can tell you, actually, because uh, ESPN will tell you his last transaction. I drafted yeah, him in ninth right So I drafted yeah. him in the eighth round uh, of a 12-teamer. At Same the end here. Of the eighth round. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's what you're looking for in a player like that. Someone with a good floor who's going to give you points every week and then who has the ability. And we all know John Brown has some wheels. Uh, Jeff apparently thought he was about 55 years old the other day texting me. He's been in the league yeah. forever. I mean, he yeah. played for what? The Cardinals in the Super Bowl or something. Right, right. He's so old. He's 29. That was forever ago. He's only 29 years old. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, he's literally in his prime. Like, yeah, I think yeah. they say like 27 to 29 is your prime years in the NFL for a wide receiver. And he's like slapped down in the middle of all that. But, maybe, uh, maybe it's because he's been on his third team, you know? That's, that's the thing. So I, it feels like it's like 17. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, nah, John Brown is, he's one of those guys that has that high ceiling because he's still got wheels, you know, and he got loose for that. He shook a couple guys on that beautiful 40 yard touchdown that he threw, that uh, he caught. That was sweet. 
Uh, but anyways, let's talk about someone who wasn't so sweet. And, uh, you know, Jameis Winston has enough problems of his own with throwing the ball away and giving, you know, dropping it on the ground, you know, for leaving crumbs for someone to pick it up and get to the end zone. But uh, O.J. Howard didn't do him a single favor and put himself in the doghouse big time. But O.J. Howard gets one target. Oh, he caught it. Wait, wait, wait. He's he's got it behind his back. He's tossed it up in the air. The defense has it. What? It was crazy. I don't know if you guys saw it. I know a lot of you folks that uh, are in this area that that I'm recording in saw it because it was the Fox game with the Saints. But, uh, yeah, he catches it and tries to tuck it away. It ends up behind his back, popping up in the air for an easy INT. Uh, Jameis Winston's first of the game. Uh, unfortunately, he had three more, so really couldn't blame much on O.J. Howard. Uh, I mean, you know, like like we've said before, he's prone to have one of those 350-yard and four-touchdown games or the, one of those 400-yard and four-interception games. So that's what he had this weekend. He's a close 350-yard mark, folks. That means four interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> O.J. Howard ends up with a donut. And he actually, honestly, he should be recredited with that uh, interception. He should have negative two. Because that was all on him. I mean, Winston hit him basically in that face. With the, I mean, it, it couldn't have been much of a, a better pass. And uh, Howard just dumps it back to the defense. Uh, and then or then Cameron Brake goes on to get 14 targets. Catches 10 of them for 73. I mean, there was some targets to be had for the tight end that, this week. And, uh, you know, we've been looking for that out of that offense because they haven't been using the tight end. But it just so happens that Howard put himself so far in the doghouse that it, that Cameron Brake caught everything out there, and O.J. Howard watched from the bench for most of the game. Yeah, so the, to me, that O.J. Howard piece was uh, it, I just, it made me laugh, and I and like let's see that again, let's see that again. Like I had to keep playing it over and over because I wasn't quite sure what he was doing with it. So it's like you either catch the ball or drop the ball. But you don't run with the ball behind your back. Like, it, it, it don't make any sense. So, you know, it's just one of those things. That I think O.J. Howard – I think this is O.J. Howard's last season with Tampa Bay. I think he probably you'll, – you'll probably hear the name pop up somewhere on, on, those, uh, on the ticker, ticker tape uh, as signing on with somebody. But I, I don't think he's going anywhere. You know, J.V. to me, though, that one to me doesn't jump out as much as my guy. And let me tell you, if I was to tell you, that there was a quarterback who had 29 passing attempts. You would have to say to yourself that, and and not only that, but he was over 60% completion. 29 attempts for over 60% completion. You have to say to yourself, that's over 200 yards. 200 yards. Okay, got it. He had an INT. All right, he had a fumble. But let me tell you, when you average – 5.8 5.8 yards for passing, right? On 60%, you put up a horrific number in fantasy. And I say this, and this ain't the first time that the, like a horrific number is like this by the man I'm calling Deshaun Watson. And unfortunately, he had what five? When I say 5.8 yard, 5.8 yards uh, per attempt in passing, right, he right. went up against. Uh, our boy Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson had not only 9.3 yards per attempt, but he also had 9.6 yards per rush. So it's like that dude was like almost doubled him in both yards per attempt in rushing and yards per attempt in passing. 
And Deshaun Watson, you 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 gotta rise up and play in this game. And 169 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, that's just that is unsat. You are better than that, especially in, in where you're right now competing for the division lead, and you gotta go out there and play. And you did not, especially with the weapons you have. That's that's to me. That's I'm just done. I'm done. I'm, I'm done with that. That, that JV. That's how. Yeah, not like. That's one of those where you expected a shootout, and uh, instead it looked like a scrimmage for the uh, for the Ravens out there because uh, the Texans did not show up. Um, they had a crazy, terrible pass interference not called against uh, against DeAndre Hopkins earlier in the game, where he should have been. They should have gone down to the one yard line, and they may have changed some momentum. But other than that, it after that especially, it was just all Ravens all day. Uh, you Ingram, know- the board twice. I mean, they just they blew up. But this is this is this is actually becoming the more consistent piece here because I, I look I look at his his year. I'm looking at his game log right now. All right, go going in reverse. In October, he played at Kansas City, only averaged uh, 6.7 yards. Now he did have a, a, a two interception day and and he had over 70 percent. But let's go back a little further. Carolina. Home, he throws for 160 yards, 4.8 yards per attempt. Go backwards even further than that, and you got at ja- at home at Jacksonville, you got 159 yards at 5.5 yards per average. If these are numbers that you should not be putting up after. And, and people talking about, oh, was he him and him and Jackson? This is a it's a battle of the two two studs, and it's like no, I, I don't know that Jackson. Uh, that Deshaun Watson right now can even, you know, he puts up a good number, but I just don't see the consistency, man. I, yeah, I need no. to see the consistency. Right, and actually, it's been kind of that way in his career. Um, you know, he had an incredible first uh, first season. Uh, started out the gate slow with those first couple games, and then really just went nuts. But then last year, he 176 yards in week one, 177 in uh, in week six. 139 in week seven. So, I mean, he's had those games. Uh, he's not that guy that's going to put up 275 yards every week, you know, just over and over and over again. Um, it just is what it is. He's He has those up and down weeks. Now, his boom weeks are as boom as they get. You know, when he, when he drops a big one, it's nuts. I mean, you're talking about 400 yards and four touchdowns kind of games. Uh, well, he had that 426 with five touchdowns, no picks against Atlanta. I mean, uh, and he completed 85% of his passes that week. He had that uh, 351 and three against the Chargers. So he's had those games. That was this year. Um, last year, he goes 239 with five five touchdowns on only 20 attempts. He completed 80% and averaged uh, like 11, almost 12 yards an attempt. So. Uh, he's had those big gains, but you're just looking for those a little bit more consistently. You know, I think a lot of people would take that 275 and two versus getting one week with 404 and the next week with 130 and and nothing. You know, so well look, we've talked about our varsity and JV long enough. We need to get into the bulk of the show here, so let's get to the rundown. Uh, let's talk about some of these injuries that happened this weekend. Um, a couple of them, well, shoot, it seems like uh, several of them that really affected gameplay. Uh, Marlon Mack uh, has a fractured hand. He's going to be out several weeks. Uh, you probably won't be able to count on him until, I'm guessing, week 14 or 15. 
Um, he's going to miss a, three or four weeks probably. Uh, he had a really nice game going before that. I was actually playing against him in uh, one of my leagues of record. And uh, I texted my buddy and was like, well, that's uh, that show's over. He had over 100 yards, had the touchdown, uh, looked really good. And then, um, you know, that, that kind of thing happens. That's the life of an NFL running back. Uh, James Conner, on the other hand, did not have to have time to have a good game. Uh, he goes out, re-aggravates his shoulder. Uh, I don't know the uh, severity of that, and I don't think we're going to know much about it. But there is a problem with that in that you don't think there's no way to trust him right now. You put him out there and you're starting line, sort of like David Johnson, where you just don't know he's active, but is he, you know, is he worth playing? I benched David Johnson this week, and if I own James Conner, I don't think I could play him until I saw him complete a whole game and actually be useful. Uh, Tyreek Hill leaves early with a hamstring injury. It didn't look serious, but it looked like enough to keep him out of the game. I'm hoping it's not serious. They've got to buy this leave, uh, and then they'll come back. So he's got two weeks to recover. If it's just a little strain, that's no problem. Um, and Damian Williams with the uh, rib injury, he leaves uh, early. McCoy comes in, starts carrying it like a loaf of bread, fumbles it, uh, and then uh, he gets in the end zone, but... Also, McCoy goes down late. I don't know what's going on with that injury. So it could be the Daryl Williams show. Um, you know, the, the, I think there's like 17 Williams on that team. But uh, So look out for that this week. Keep an eye on those injury updates. Um, Jeff, I know we're loaded with those four, team, with those four players across our teams. Uh, did any of that – I know it had to affect you at this point. Matt, Connor, Hill, Williams, I mean – uh, those are some big names that people have been playing and playing uh, for wins. Yeah, I literally have every single one of those players um, in multiple leagues. And Mac was the toughest loss for me, I think, because, you know, while I've been up and down on him all all year, um, he, he had I haven't taken him out of the starting position other than his bye. Um, so I, I'm I'm Marlon Mack was a hurt to me, but thankfully I'm in a good position where he's going to come back in the playoffs for me. And uh, and I and, and resume that role because I think uh, the, uh, they have the you know they're they are a rushing team and, and understandably would percent there so um, that's a big loss and so I, I'm really kind of uh, I think that'll hit come back to that in the waivers. Let me tell you about James Conner now. Let me and this kind of ties to Damian Williams. Uh, all right, last week I actually made a trade in a league that's never traded before. I'm I'm a newcomer to this office league that I'm in. And, and I literally just wanted to make a trade, okay, uh, just to prove that it's possible. So I threw Damian Williams out there for for Jalen uh, Samuels, okay, and I wanted Jalen uh-huh. Samuels, all right. And and everybody was and the dude jumped on it and then he bragged about it. And, and, and this guy right now, I think he has two wins on the season, but he's like, oh, you know, I, I really I really got the better part of this deal. And so now I'm not saying that I'm a genius by any means, nor, nor could I even predict this, right? Um, but now, so so yesterday the conversation was like, um, he's like, oh, I guess you're gonna get the better part of that. You're gonna, you, Jalen Samuel's actually gonna do pretty well for you now that uh, that James Conner is 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 hurt. And so I'm obviously I'm not I'm not there today, but I cannot wait to get back tomorrow and say, so who got the better part of this deal? Because Jalen Samuel's actually looks like the better part of this deal with Damian Williams going down in a backfield that's pretty contested. And he had a buy coming up, and that's really what I needed him for was this week coming up. And, and he really, Jalen Samuels, even with James Conner in there, he was still producing points. And that's what I just needed. I needed consistency. 
and uh, just just take me there. And I, I, I get that. And uh, I wasn't getting that out of Damian Williams. That's why I made the trade. And I'm really hurting on Tyreek Hill. Um, I need that hamstring to heal. I need him to be back. I need him for my playoffs. Um, but, yeah, I think it's important for all four of these players. It's big for me, man. And um, t- tough, yeah, tough, losses. tough losses. Tough losses. Yeah, look, hey, and I'm going to take this uh, as a, a moment to put in a PSA here. It's hashtag never veto, and this is why. I mean, you don't know what a trade's going to look like in a week or two. You know, Jeff had his reasons for going and getting Jalen Samuels, and at the time it doesn't look like a great trade. Uh, Jalen Samuels is the backup again. Danny Williams looks like he's taking over that backfield. And then, you know, something happens. Connor gets hurt. Williams gets hurt. And now Samuels is back in the lead position with nobody around him because I believe that uh, their third stringer got hurt as well. So he's all by himself in that backfield. And meantime, we don't know what Damian Williams' uh, situation is. He's on a bye this week. And then we don't know what his uh, rib, his ribs are going to do next week. So, I mean, it just hashtag never veto. Don't veto trades unless there's strict collusion. And, you know, All right, so there's the end of my PSA. Let's get back into these uh, players, though. Uh, Jameis Winston leaves with an ankle injury. Um, I, you know, actually, he didn't leave. He played it through, uh, yeah, which was what was crazy it. because after the game, yeah, I forgot because I actually commented uh, in one yeah. of my chats about this. Uh, after the game, uh, Arians comes out and says that uh, he injured his ankle. You know, well, why the heck was he in there throwing that pass, that fade that he couldn't even get any juice on, uh, yeah. throwing it to Mike Evans? And I thought Mike Evans was gonna walk over there, rip his helmet off, and hit him with it. I mean, <laughs> it was crazy. Because he exactly. was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one thing for your for the opposing player to rip your helmet off and hit you with it, but it's a whole a whole other thing for your own teammate. And uh, Mike Evans was about on that level. He's over there going, "What was that? What was?" I'm just pissed off. And and I, don't and I wouldn't put it past Mike because... Evans. Oh, don't put it past him. Right, yeah. He can he can go crazy, yeah, especially when the Saints are in town. Yeah, exactly. He's a little crazy. It, it it's you know no denying that. Uh, I got the the pass basically throw, the guy six foot five throw it back shoulder throw it as high as you can whatever let him go up there and get it because that's what he does I mean he he's a he's a body control guy red zone threat and you just basically threw it two yards short and ended up right into the defender's arms uh, to end the game uh, yeah I was look I'm Mike Evans owner in several places I, you guys all know this I'm a Mike I'm Mike Evans stand but uh, I was really looking forward to those points and. Uh, you know, fortunately, I didn't need it in one league. I did need it in the other, and uh, I ended up 3-1 and one because of that and Tyreek. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, and then the last one, Mitch Trubisky. Look, they said he had a hit pointer in the second quarter. Well, maybe you should have pulled him in the second quarter because uh, playing him all through that, I don't know, man. Uh, Jeff, did you watch that game? So so let me, let me play something out here. All right. I know, I know a lot of people listening to us don't have Mitch Trubisky on there. They're, they're staying far away from him. But if I if 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 Mr. Trubisky was listening to our podcast, I would tell him to go back or possibly call Dak Prescott and whatever he does at pregame, like that little that little hip thing. You, that's what he needs to do before the game, because if you got a hip pointer in the second quarter. All right. Then you're not warming up your hip well enough. Dak Prescott knows this. Mr. Trubisky calling because your ass is going to be sitting on the bench. That's the only place you're going to be hips going to be for the rest of the, you know, for the next couple of years. Cause you are a, you are set yourself up and good on you, Mr. Trubisky, because you have set yourself up 
for a prime backup role next year to a rookie. Just saying. Right. Yeah. You know, and and what's crazy this this year is so deep at quarterback that you could end up in that 15, 16, 17 slot and still get one uh, because there's there's a legit five uh, quarterbacks for you know this upcoming draft that uh, could come out and end up being uh, solid lock first rounders. Not not like last year where it was like okay, well we're taking Haskins in the first round because you know we need a first round quarterback. Now these are legit studs coming out this year. Um, Justin Herbert, the pedigree, etc. I'm calling yeah. it out. Justin Herbert to the Bears. Herbert? That's what I'm right. calling. See, I think I actually think they're going to end up trying to go for Cam. You know, Cam has said he wants to go there, that he would accept a trade there. Um, I'll take. And, yeah, I think that's fair too. If he, if he, if they, if they decide to, if the Panthers decide to trade Cam Newton, I think that would be a landing spot. If they don't, I'm going Justin Herbert to the Bears. Calling it. Yeah, I got you. Lock All right. It in. Well, We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll snip this and uh, save it for uh, you know an off season po- podcast or something around that draft time to see what happens. All right, so that's most of the injuries. It wasn't anything crazy. There, unfortunately, there were some significant players, but uh, the list is short, so that's good. Uh, but let's talk about some takeaways from this week. Um, I'll start with the first one. And, you know, I pimped Brian Hill last week, and actually he had uh, a touchdown called back, which would have made his game a lot better. Uh, but just avoid Atlanta running backs. Their offense is so good, but it's all on the on the back of the passing game. I mean, if they're catching passes, that's fine. Uh, but he didn't he didn't have a huge role in the passing game this week. Um, it just seemed like they aired it out and went deep a, a good bit, pushing the ball downfield, which is kind of what they needed to do against that uh, Panthers defense. You know, everyone, the, the matchup said running back is going to be great against this. The, the Panthers have been one of the bottom five teams as far as rushing defense. They've given up the most rushing touchdowns. Um, and look, they gave up two touchdowns to running backs this week. Quadri Olison and then also uh, Kenyon Barner on that punt return. Uh, we'll, we'll call it a running back touchdown. Sure, whatever. Uh, so they, they kept on rolling with that. Um but they they didn't. There's no way to predict and no consistency in those running backs from Atlanta. So uh, pass on that. And then uh, Josh Allen. Look, remember when we were talking about a few weeks ago about hey pick up Josh Allen for the next four weeks. Well, I don't know if you guys realize this, but Josh Allen was a monster for those four weeks. Uh, let's see here. I'm pulling it up real quick for you guys. All right, let's pull up his game log. All right, so he goes. Uh, Let's see. Starting it was five weeks. Excuse me. He gets uh, 202 and two, 169 and two touchdowns against Philly. Uh, now, granted, he's throwing in rushing yards as well. He has 32 against Miami, 45 against Philly. Uh, Washington was an okay game. It was 160 and one touchdown, but he also had a touchdown on the ground. And then last week, Cleveland, 266. Then he goes 28 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Then this week, he lights up Miami. Uh, 256 yards rushing, three touchdowns, and then 56 yards, or 256 yards passing, excuse me, and then 56 yards rushing and another touchdown. So altogether, he scored one, two, three, four, seven, eight. Uh, he scored 12 touchdowns in those five games. So uh, just a really nice stretch of games for you if you're able to play him. But guys, that that's over. That's over. He's got Denver, Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England. It's over. Look, if you were riding Josh Allen, it's time to find a new one. Don't wait too long. Don't wait through Denver and end up with that 13 or 14 point game uh, because he's throwing for 170 yards and doesn't get one on the ground. I mean, I'm just saying, be careful. 
so so let me give you the name that you should go to, and that's Sam Darnold. All right, he's starting that same sort of stretch of games that uh, that Josh Allen just went through, and I think that we've got to to capitalize on that. All right, so he goes. He had uh, the Giants last week. He had Miami, then the Giants, then Washington, and uh, all three games. Miami was a mediocre game. They didn't really need him. Uh, or they didn't really do much against them, ended up losing that game. Uh, but the Giants, he had a uh, 230 and a touchdown through the air and another one on the ground. And then last week against Washington, 293 and four. Uh, another big week. So, and now he's got Oakland, Cincinnati, and Miami the next three weeks. Those are games that you can capitalize on. So if you need a new player and don't sit there and say, okay, I got Josh Allen, he's been great, I'm going to keep rolling with him. Uh, that was just matchup based. Now you gotta you gotta you know take take a take a step back look and and maybe take a new direction. Uh, so I'm suggesting Sam Darnold. So um, I know it's not been he's not been great this year, but it's all about matchup and he's been able to take advantage of some good matchups. Uh, another takeaway for me was uh, Nick Foles. He may not be good. He, in my opinion, he's not good, but at least he doesn't hinder DJ Chark. Uh, Chark had a monster game. I think it was like eight for 103 and two touchdowns. Uh, just a, a great performance. Um, all three of Nick Foles' touchdowns this year have gone to uh, DJ Chark, I believe, which is just incredible. That uh, I mean, it's a small sample size, obviously, but yeah, that's right. Three touchdowns, three to, to DJ Chark. So they've got some chemistry there. There was the fear that earlier in the, in the offseason that uh, Westbrook was going to be the guy, but clearly Foles and the, the Jaguars as a whole uh, prefer Chark. And I don't blame them because... You know he's not a he's a second round draft pick so he's got the pedigree um, he really knows how to play the game and uh, he's got some wheels on him I and mean, he's fast and uh, they can take advantage of that so uh, Chark is in my opinion probably a top 18 ish wide receiver rest of the season just plug and play um, you know he's gonna have those floor games where it's like you know five for 60 or something like that but he's he's got that ability to just blow up on you. And when he does, he's the kind of guy that wins you a week. And, uh, you know, he did it for me this this week. He put it on there, and uh, I ended up smoking my buddy Joel. And, uh, you know, I'll take it all day, every day. But that's uh, one, two, three games over 20 points. So that's uh, you, can't, you can't ask for much more than that. Uh, just that high ceiling game where uh, he can just get going on you. All right, look, I, I, want, I want to plug in one more thing. And it's because we uh, we jumped on him hard last year. But John Gruden, he may not actually be an idiot like everyone said last year. I was one of those that was just I crushed him last year. Uh, but he's making that team legit. You know, they traded all they traded Mac, they traded Cooper, et cetera. They got all these picks, and uh, they've made these picks work. I mean, Josh Jacobs looks like he's you know the real deal. Um, they made a move for Tyrell Williams, and that's really solidified that passing game. I know it didn't work out with Antonio Brown, but they just kind of just plug and play, move on. Uh, Derek Carr has had a little career rejuvenation where he looks like he could maintain and keep that job for a few more years if he plays like this. So uh, just that was just my little two thoughts on my two cents on John Gruden, because, you know, we all just kind of put him in the coffin and buried him last year. I mean, uh, they signed him to a 10 year deal and everyone's thinking, man, they got to buy him out after three years. But uh, at this point, he's turned that around and he's doing pretty well. All right, so let's get into our waivers uh, because we want to plug in, uh, plug these guys in and, and uh, get them on your lineups or in your rosters at least. Uh, the first one for me is Jonathan Williams. Um, 
it's the running back from the Colts because we know, as we saw, uh, Marlon Mack is out. Now, this uh, his production could be hindered a little bit by Jordan Wilkins if Jordan Wilkins is able to return. But uh, Jonathan Williams comes in, subs for uh, Marlon Mack, gets 13 for 116 on the ground and uh, catches one for 31. Uh, the Colts came into the game third in rushing attempts per game. That was before they rushed, I think it was like 39 times. So they they like to put the ball on the ground. They like to grind it out, control the game. They've got the offensive line to do it. Um, so uh, Williams, to me, is an easy grab. You know, I don't want to be that guy that keeps on plugging and playing and, and missing, but uh, like Brian Hill. But I think Jonathan Williams in that opportunity is going to have uh, a shot at it. Uh, Bo Scarborough for the for the Lions. He's one of those. I'm not pulling. I'm not getting him, and then immediately putting him in my lineup this week. That's not what I'm doing. But he is a grab for me in deeper leagues, uh, simply because you never know what's going on there. They don't know what their running back situation is. Uh, but if he's going to get 14 carries, um, he's going to grind out 55 yards, whatever. But he, he's a great uh, big guy at the, at the goal line, and it showed. He got that touchdown. Uh, so that's one of those where. You know, a starting running back has value. Uh, he could be a flex play week to week if they decide they want to roll with him. Um, you know, we we pimped Chris Herndon for a long time, uh, waiting for him to come back. He's he, Now he's on IR. It is what it is. You know, sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss. And I still believe that he, if, he, if he had played this year, he'd have been pretty good because uh, what we're seeing out of Ryan Griffin is just really nice. Uh, this week he goes for five for 109. And a touchdown. He's been a really good player all year. Uh, he's the number 11 tight end in standard, um, but he's had uh, against Jacksonville. He had four for 66 and two touchdowns. Uh, he had a touchdown against Dallas. Uh, these are games where the last you know four, five, six weeks he's had a, a pretty good role on that team. He's caught four more passes three times in the last four weeks. So there's something there. Uh, so just keep an eye on that. I would go ahead and add him. If I was struggling at tight end, you know, if I had someone like, you know, Jimmy Graham or whatever, I'd just go ahead and put him on my roster just in case. Um, and then a couple more guys, uh, Debo Samuel, uh, Emmanuel Sanders banged up again. I don't know what his status is. Now, Debo actually uh, injured his shoulder in that game, but I don't think that was any, anything serious. But he has 10 targets. I mean, look, if you're double-digit targets at any point, you're looking pretty good. Uh, he goes 8 for 134 on those 10 targets. Uh, and then another guy who had double-digit targets, Cameron Bray. We mentioned him earlier, 14 targets, 10 for 73. Um, I don't think you're going to get that again. I think that was sort of matchup-based uh, and also a product of trailing, which they're going to trail quite a bit because they're the Bucks. But, uh, you know, it looks like they're going to move on from uh, O.J. Howard. And like Jeff said earlier, I would love to see him move on because I'm still an O.J. Howard fan as a player, but he does not have a role in that offense. And uh, we've got to we got to find him something in the NFL if we want if if anybody wants anything out of him. Uh, Jeff, you got anything to add to those waivers, buddy? No, I don't have anything to add, but I will say that uh, I'm I am on board with the Jonathan Williams, and I know exactly what you all are are, are saying. It's like every week you go to see is like, all right, who's the injury? And Justin and Roby kind of throw something out there, and it sounds like. Uh, a follow-up to the injury. Okay, so th- that's not really what we're doing here. You know, the, the pick of Jonathan Williams is the pick that uh, makes a lot of sense right now. Justin kind of pointed that out. Third in rushing attempts this year. Okay, so so that ball is going to go somewhere. And when you see 
13 for 116. That that's a good number to go grab right now because the last couple of weeks, if nothing more than if you don't own Mac, let's say you're higher in the priority wire than I am. I'm going after Mac. You know that uh, because he's not one of those guys I stashed. So I'm saying to you that it's important to go grab him so I don't get him. And so that's kind of a counter defense, especially if you're just trying to make it into the last spots and, and you're saying, hey, here's a guy that I might be able to get past if I'm going up against him in the in the waiver and the playoffs. So I make that point. I think Jonathan Wheeler uh, is a great pick. The other one I want to say is, is, is what Justin's kind of pointing out here with the tight ends. Look. Now's your time. You got two weeks, some places three weeks before you go into the playoffs, depending on how your league's set up. And it's very important to to kind of look at this and say, I need to start solidifying my team with an extra one of these types of players. Okay, so let's say you've got uh, uh, Kelsey or something like that out there. You probably want to go grab another dude that 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 just in case something happens situation, and and that's why Justin and I are kind of pointing some of these guys out. Justin mentions Bo Scarborough, you know, uh, you know, as a running back, but I think Cameron Brait uh, is probably a great pickup right now uh, to just kind of put on there in the case that you have uh, one of your top. If your top five tight ends go down, you go grab Cameron Bray right now. Maybe, maybe even wait till after the waiver wire, pick him up, and then that way you stash him just in the case because he's going to be better than anybody that's available in weeks 14 through 17. Yeah, no, I can't blame you. There's some really good matchups coming up. So, um, all right, so let's talk about matchups then. Let's uh, let's go right into our streamers. Uh, look, there's some good ones out there. Uh, the Texans went right back to allowing touchdowns. Uh, I think they they allowed four this week and got blasted by the Ravens. Uh, and, you know, Jackson has been a decent passer this year, but he's not been great. So I think that's that shows exactly what we what we need to see about the Texans. You know, they locked down Gardner Minshew and what Gardner Minshew, you know, he was playing for his uh, his career, his season. And they locked him down, but they're back to the, the same old Texans, just giving up, you know, bleeding touchdowns to quarterbacks. And now they get Jacoby Brissett on Thursday night on a short week. Uh, I'll take Brissett versus the Texans and a great streamer for me. Um, I got uh, Baker Mayfield versus the Dolphins. I don't know if Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback this year. I think he's going to be he's going to have a nice career as a whole. But I don't know that he's going to be somebody that you can just you know plug and play this year. But for the Dolphins, yeah, OK, yeah, I'll play pretty much anybody against the Dolphins. I mean, they can make they could probably make Ryan Finley look like an NFL quarterback. So if they can do that, they can make Mayfield look like a Hall of Famer. So, uh, you know, I'm just waiting for someone. Finley's got to play uh, Miami in uh, a couple weeks, and I'm curious to see if he actually looks like a quarterback or if they go right back to Dalton, which at this point, I don't know if they do go back to Dalton because uh, they, they're actually looking to tank. And this is, you know, the Bengals for Burrow kind of thing because that's where they're headed with that. Uh, but Mayfield versus the Dolphins, I'll take that. And then one more, uh, Jeff Driscoll. Uh, I, I'm not a Jeff Driscoll guy, but he does have some wheels. He likes to run the ball, so that's that's another uh, you know uh, aspect to his game that he can take advantage of. Washington is just terrible against the pass, um, so there's three options that um, mo- available in most leagues. You know, people have been soured by Mayfield. Uh, Driscoll is whatever. He you know nobody wanted him obviously. And then Brissett, who uh, coming off by an injury, 
uh, had uh, had a lower had a uh, lower ownership percentage. Excuse me. So those are options for you there. Uh, Jeff, do you have to stream this week? I know that uh, it's the last week of buys, so we're kind of working through that. Um, but or if, even if you don't have to stream, would you choose any of these guys if you did have to? You know, I, I I'm cautious on Brissett, uh, but I do like the matchup with the Texans. Um, I'm not I'm not sold on Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> and and I'm I'm a I'm a maker a Baker maker. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fan. But I don't know that uh, – I just don't know what he's going to do. And the Dolphins win two games, sure, but they still gave up a ton of points. And, and to me, um, it's a, that would normally be a great matchup, but I just don't know what Baker Mayfield's going to – you know, maybe he's spending too much time in the stadium, you know, like in his own house, as he's calling it. You know, maybe he needs to get out a little bit and uh, – and, and <laughs> So maybe going down to, you know, or, you know, Maybe maybe playing the Dolphins will will, will help, but I, w- I would tell you something. OBJ is hungry. Uh, Jamar uh, Jarvis Landry had a, had a pretty decent week this past week. I, yeah. I think he is worth a stream right now if you've got to. I'm not I'm not on Jeff Driscoll. Sorry, even against Washington, just don't know what I'm gonna get. Well, let me let me give you what Dr- Jeff Driscoll. He's got two starts now, and and it's against tough defenses. He plays Chicago and Dallas, so he had some tough matchups there. Um, Chicago, he goes 269 and a touchdown. He also adds uh, 37 yards on the ground. And then uh, Dallas, he goes 209 with two touchdowns with 51 yards on the ground and another rushing touchdown. So he has uh, three total touchdowns against Dallas. Look, Washington's a better matchup than either of those. You know, by far a better matchup. I mean, they just, they're they're bad. The, the Washington foreskins are not good at all. So, uh, you know, and they're they're trying to get that number one pick too. So, you know, you've got a situation where, you know, they're they're right now in the number two pick. So that's how bad they are, only only behind Cincinnati. Um, so I think that's, you know, if you need somebody, you know, there's options out there. Um, and then uh, a tight end. Let's get right into those. I've got two on here. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, again, going back to the well. Uh He's got he's got the the Redskins excuse me the Foreskins you don't like to play call them that but uh, he's been kind of poor so he's going to be dropped in a lot of leagues this week I'm guessing um, but he's got an opportunity to get out there and then uh, Jacob Hollister now uh, a lot of folks are wondering you know who he is or whatever uh, he's a Seattle tight end um, he's actually had a couple really nice games before this uh, bye week last week. Uh, but he goes four for 37 with two touchdowns against Tampa Bay. And then he goes eight for 62 with one touchdown against uh, San Francisco in that uh, primetime matchup a couple weeks ago. Um, now he's got Philly, who uh, they're not a great pass defense. Uh, I would go ahead and grab him. He's only 15% uh, rostered. He's going to be a guy I target in a couple leagues where I need a tight end. Um, you know, I've been streaming. Uh, I had Evan Ingram, and I'm just not sure that I'm going to see him again for the next week or two. So uh, I'll be looking for him there. Um, I played uh, Ross Dwelly in a couple places, and I'm not going to continue to play him. Although, hey, I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that one. Uh, I missed on a few of those uh, streamers last week, but Dwelly was a monster for us. Uh, gets his two touchdowns, uh, four catches, etc. So, uh, but I'm not gonna play him this week. You know, I'm done with him. He played Arizona. That was all it was. You know, you play Arizona, then you know we'll see what happens after that. So. Uh, and look, guys, I'm going to look this up real quick because I want to see 
who Arizona plays in week. Let's see here. Sorry, guys. I know this is a terrible break here, but I don't care because in week 13, they play the Rams. So if you have an opportunity to grab Gerald Everett, grab Gerald Everett if he's available uh, for your week 13 matchup. Um, he's taken in most places, I believe. Uh, yeah, he's 75% rostered. Again, he might be one of those that ends up hitting the waiver wire because he had a bad game against Chicago. Then he plays Baltimore this week. Keep an eye on that. Watch those watch those players that are getting dropped uh, because if he gets dropped, he's an immediate grab for me. Uh, looking forward to you know week 13. You're trying to get into the playoffs. That's your final week to get in for most leagues where uh, playoffs start in week 14. So, uh, yeah, Gerald Everett is one to look for for me. Um, as a week 13 streamer that you want to grab early. Um, all right, so let's talk about these Ds. You know, we'll get to D- Jeff's favorite top topic, the D. And uh, here we go with the Browns versus Miami. Um, you know, it is what it is. Ryan Fitzpatrick has the ability to throw several interceptions, put it on the ground, etc. Caleb Balaj can't run for the life of him. I think he had like nine carries for nine yards this week or something silly like that. And he also had like uh, six catches for eight yards. The dude averages like one yard per touch. That's crazy. That's a, He's having literally the worst efficiency uh, season in NFL history right now for a player with over 100 touches. So it's just crazy. Go ahead and roll with uh, that Browns defense against Miami. Even without Miles Garrett, uh, I think they're going to have their way with them. Uh, the Jags versus the Tennessee and uh, versus Tennessee, and then the Titans versus the Jags. Uh, go either way with this. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, both quarterbacks have a tendency to uh, force the ball and possibly turn it over. Uh, neither team has a whole lot of options as far as uh, position players go. You know, Tennessee is locked down against the run, so Fournette is going to have a rough week. Um, they are missing a couple uh, of uh, um, cornerbacks, uh, defensive backs. So I think there's an opportunity there, but uh, but overall I believe they're going to have their way. Um, and then uh, Tennessee, they're just not good. I mean, it is it is what it is. I don't know that you can count on Derrick Henry from week to week, um, simply because his efficiency is so low. Um, but I think you know that that matchup right there we did earlier this year with a couple teams um, back and forth. You can pick either one of those Titans or Jags, play them and roll. Uh, especially with the division game. Those tend to be lower scoring anyway. Uh, the Lions versus Washington. That's the last one for me because Dwayne Haskins sucks. The Washington line. I Look, I retweeted a, a thing this week on uh, on our show Twitter. I retweeted it yesterday, and it was uh, the Washington linemen. They're sitting there on the on the bench. You know, Haskins is, is just pleading with them, what can I do for you guys? And I think I posted that they're all they're doing is thinking about the next episode of uh, Downton Abbey because they're just not engaged at all. They they could give a crap about this season. They don't care. They've quit. I mean that that O line has quit. Everyone has quit on that team um, except maybe Darius Geis and uh, Dwayne Haskins. Um, oh, and, and one more thing. I don't know if you guys actually saw the game, but uh, Terry McLaurin. Um, I think he got like a four for sixteen three or something like that. Uh, but there was some encouraging, encouragement there. He had himself a long play callback, a 67-yard touchdown, where he would have been, you know, 130 uh, yards and a touchdown there on five catches. So there, there is some encouragement there. Uh, you know, uh, Haskins and him played together in college, so we're hoping that something bleeds over from that. Uh, but I would feel good, better at least, 
about Terry McLaurin than I did a week ago. Uh, didn't show up in the box score, but there was something there. So uh, maybe you get a fluke play out of that uh, if you're a McLaurin fan and owner. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, that that offensive line is just going to uh, – I think they're just going to be like a, a swinging door for the Lions defense to uh, get some pressure and possibly force some uh, turnovers and sacks and stuff. Uh, Jeff, who's your defense? Who you got? What you, what you want to do with those? I'm digging the Browns versus Miami, uh, even with Miles Garrett out. Um, and I will tell you that I am all over this Lions uh, over Washington. I just – Washington, is, like you said, is just it, – it's sad. Um, and living up here, uh, my brother-in-law being a, a Redskins fan – uh, you know, I was with him in Philly this this past weekend, and you know, you just kind of can see it on his face. Um, it's a it's a sad sight. Uh, so either one of those are fantastic. Um, and I just really can't choose between which ones uh, which ones works because I what kind of I kind of I guess I have to go with uh, the Lions against Washington because Washington is just too in Miami one too. So. Um, let's go. Let's go with the Lions versus Washington. I think that's the matchup right there to to go and grab. Yeah, yeah. There's there's just it's it's one of those things where you're playing with a backup quarterback, and that, that's what I consider Haskins um, a backup quarterback. I don't care that he's the new starter. He was drafted, you know, fairly high. You know, he's not good. It is what it is. Uh, all right. Well, that kind of wraps it up, bud. Let's uh, get out of here. I got a uh, shower and get to work. Um, you can enjoy the rest of your morning off, which is, uh, must be nice on a random Tuesday. Um, but anyways, uh, why don't you tell the folks where they can it's find called, us? And, uh, it's, it's, it's called teleworking. It's it's a new thing. I know it's not big down in the south, but it's called teleworking. You work from home so that you're able to do some other things that you need to do. You know, so it's a really great concept. Wait, wait, wait. Other things you need to do is that like you know taking a shit while you while you hold your phone and send emails. I mean, what kind of can't you do that at work? I don't understand. I no, because uh, I work in, I work in a space where you can't have phones, so it's 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 uh yeah I can't oh, do that. Fair enough, friend. Well, I can't fix things from a distance. I can't I can't uh you know tile a floor or uh, do some electrical work. So I'm stuck getting out and about in the real world. So it is what. And it is. I'm solving world hunger one email at a time. Okay, so it's just two, two different two different ways of. of, of yeah, look, out. I'm just making it to where people can stand in their kitchen so that they can actually make some food. Yeah, it is what it is. I, I'm, I'm working on a micro level. You're working on a macro level. That's right. You know, that's how we that's how we roll. That's All how right, we so roll. Tell, tell the folks where we can, where they can find us and uh, let's get out of here, man. Hey, so like we've told you before, but it's the first time you're listening. Thank you. Uh, but you hit us up at the Rundown FF Pod, uh, like we hit it every week, and uh, you know give us that feedback. Uh, we're really interested in. in this week, I'm going to put a plug in. I want to know what it is you want to hear for, from Justin and I, whether it's, hey, I, I missed on, on Hill last week. How many times have you guys missed uh, this year? Uh, so or how many times have you done something good this year when it comes to picking that, that defense? You know, so tell us what that is, and, uh, and, and we'll push it through the gonculator and, uh, and spit you out a number that looks favorable to us. Okay, so uh, with that being said, uh, give us a, give us that feedback and, and, uh, and we'll be excited to hear it uh, for the rest of the week. Keep us up at, uh, the F, uh, the rundown FF pod and note next week, you got a lot of games on Thursday. So we're going to get this in on Monday. So, so it's going to be that quick turn because we got so many games going over Thanksgiving weekend. You're going to need us and we're here for you. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, and, uh, you know, speaking of, uh, big news, 
Um, there were a lot of people wondering if uh, Gronk was coming back. He had this big announcement, whatever. Come on, guys. He's bringing the Fiesta to Miami with Gronk Beach Big Game Weekend. Was his, it Whatever, man. He's just plugging something with Monster Energy, whatever. He's not coming back to play. If you've been holding out the hope that he was going to come back, uh, he's droppable uh, in Dynasty Leagues, Keeper Leagues, etc. So uh, that's the big news. He released it uh, just a few minutes ago, about an hour ago, I guess, uh, our time. So uh, just a heads up. But anyways, uh, yeah, remember you can find us uh, basically anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, we're available. Um, search Rundown FF Pod. Uh, hit that subscribe button, rate and review. Uh, let us know uh, what you're thinking. Uh, we always want to hear what you what you guys are going with uh, through your heads uh, because we're not mind readers, uh, but we're just here to, to please the people. So Jeff will please you more than I will. I'm just letting you know. All right, guys. Well, once again, thanks for listening. And remember, together we run this. Catch you next week.